Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. Turkey time, boys. The boys are back. The boys are back, and we're still buzzing from that big, big, big K-State victory, 13 straight over KU. Sadly, well, not sadly, but we are going to preview a game where we kind of have a uh, losing streak going. That is sad. Not about that, but before we do, I have a beer the pod that I want to give a shout-out. It's the never-ending puzzle. From Berkeley, California, home of a college that has a bunch of COVID, from Cali Mike. Cali Mike and I did a beer exchange. So I have one of his beers, the Never Ending Puzzle, which is a hazy IPA, which is refreshing. So I wanted to give Cali Mike a special shout out for this beer, the pod. You're being a good boy having water because you are a dad with responsibilities. I'm really tempted. I just trying to, I had a heavy weekend. So I'm trying to just, pump the brakes but i got a couple boulevards that are calling my name right now uh i can't remember what i think one's a, just a pale ale and then the other one is whatever their maybe it's whatever what's their the galaxy series ipas oh i do have the new no i think i'm out of that but uh i think it's, it's just their Oktoberfest. i can't remember what it's called oh, bob's the, 47 bob's, bob's 47 yeah got a couple of those in there but uh I'll probably just keep it clean. Well, there you go. You did have a heavy weekend. You only seem to know one speed. That's one thing I respect about you. I feel <laughs> like if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna be out and about, you you go all in, and I respect that about you as a human being. <laughs> My body doesn't. My body hates it. I, I've I've been forced to slow down a little bit. I mean, I've I've learned to respect the art of just like what nightcap like bourbon you know it's just to get me over that hump i missed the, really nice. the couple years the two years back to back that our final show before christmas we just got blitzed at itap we're gonna do that again. we're gonna do that this year i don't know it, it may not be at itap but we'll do it, it might have to like be at my house because again yeah. chauncey's a good boy but those are typically pretty long nights and you i think i house. think his limit is like four hours and i have a guest bedroom you can sleep there I was really close to uh, coming to your house today to do this. Oh, that would have been live fun. in person because I was like kind of making my way that uh, making my way over there. Um, we we're just gonna ring the doorbell a, and be like, "Use a gift up? card," and I was just gonna be like, "Yeah, pretty much." Like, <laughs> well, regardless, we regardless, we're here. It's the glory of Zoom. Zoom is the only good thing that has come out of this pandemic. Really wish I knew about Zoom and then would have invested in it because I have a feeling those people made a lot of money. But know where you can make a lot of money because you know. I know someone who did, dude, who invested in Zoom and made a lot of money. Yeah. Good for them. That's awesome. Good for them. But know where you can make a lot of money because you're you're smart, you know about sports, and you smell good. That is Symbol. Symbol Symbol.com. It is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade teams like stocks 
And every time your team wins, like the Chiefs did again, like the Cats did, I'm rolling in cash. You can buy low, sell high, earn cash payouts, join the 7,000 early adapters who have already started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. When you deposit, make sure you use the promo code BOYS to make your deposit risk-free. Visit symbol.com, use promo code BOYS, and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund that initial deposit, no question asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite team today. All right, uh, we'll talk about Coach Kleiman's press conference and general football news. But before we get there, I just kind of want to point out some stuff that came to my attention after the KU game. And uh, I think, you know, you and I, I think we've done a great job, especially with Deuce saying, you know, cherish Deuce when you get to watch him. And we've really been championing Felix, King Felix for a while. But I, I think that the folks who cover this team, and I, I, I don't want to come off as like telling them how to do their jobs or anything like that. But I, I feel like, you know, the folks on the K-State beat almost have become, you know, too used to the greatness that we are seeing between Deuce and Felix. And because they're not shouting about them from the rooftops, the regional and national sports media isn't really acknowledging the type of seasons they're having. Like first off, Deuce is only 144 rushing yards and 89 receiving yards away from being just the 26th player since 2000 to have a thousand rushing yards and 500 yards receiving. This is a legitimately historic type season that you only see maybe once or twice a year. And while yes, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson are getting the shine. This is only 75 scrimmage yards behind Brees Hall, only 25 behind Robinson. Deuce has 15 touchdowns, just as many as Hall and one more than Robinson. So while, yes, those are great backs. I'm not, I'm not doing the whole Bryce Hill thing or anything like that. I'm not going to do that right now. I just think that K-State fans shouldn't back down when folks are talking about who should be all big 12, who should be getting all American looks. And I think that, the media covering Deuce Vaughn here locally is giving him a disservice while not like by not pointing out the legitimately great and historic all purpose type season or yards from scrimmage type season that he's having, uh, because you don't see this, you see it maybe once a year, maybe twice. And it's not always power five guys. I think that's very well put. And I completely agree. Um, Maybe it's just a situation where they're too close to this to, to deuce and they, they see it every week. So they've become a little bit desensitized to it. Maybe it's the hype of the season has worn off a little bit. Um, even though we've kind of bounced back nicely and we're sitting at six and three, but it is super frustrating. I mean, in a, in a, a conference where there's a lot of good backs, it's very back heavy. Deuce is absolutely up there with the best and I don't know. I mean, I think he's, he's been pretty well recognized, I would say um, nationally. Um, but I from guess what I've seen, but yeah, and, and it's not, I'm not saying that like he's being completely disrespected, but it's like, right. You hear all the stuff about, you know, Bijan Robinson constantly, right. You know, you can't go anywhere without someone who covers the big 12 or an Iowa state beat writer talking about how great Brees Hall is, which yeah, he's yeah. awesome. But again, you know, Deuce is right there with touchdowns and he's right. Like he is within spitting distance of total yards from scrimmage. So it's like, okay, I, I get it. I'm, I'm not doing the whole disrespect, disrespect breach all thing anymore, but I don't feel like he's getting the same amount of love. And I, I think part of that really does come down to the local media covering him. And because the regional folks and the national folks who have to use local media is like, Oh, Hey, do I need to look into this? They're not doing it and it's going under the radar. So that's just kind of my point yeah. of view, because I mean, hell, even I didn't realize that how rare it is to have a guy go for a thousand yards rushing in 500 yards receiving. It, it, it happens. Like I said, once, maybe twice a year since the turn of the century. And, and it's not always power five guys. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm just searching to have a little chip on my shoulder. I think you should keep the chip on your shoulder. I mean, it is – Deuce is – he is that guy. I mean, we haven't had a 
a player as explosive and as prominent as him since Tyler Lockett, you know, we've only had really a handful of guys like him in the last, you know, decade and a half. You'd have to go back to really 1.0 to, to, to see a type of player that Deuce is. And, and 1.0, it, it usually was, okay, there's a gang of characters. Right. Know? I mean, and, and even then it's like, you know, Darren Sproles and guys like L Roberson that could kind of single-handedly change games. Like that is Deuce. Deuce is like basically our offense. And he is the guy that's, you know, when the chips are down, you look to Deuce. And I don't know. I mean, there's still four, four games left. I'm excited to see what he can do, especially – you know, pit it up against those other names like Brees Hall, Bijan, who, again, I agree, great backs. But I think, you know, Deuce, Deuce uh, deserves a little bit more credit. I agree. I think and, you're right. I don't think you're wrong for sure. Yeah, and here's the one where I think is more egregious. King Felix is currently yes. the 26th player since the, since the turn of the century, since 2000, to have 11 sacks and five forced fumbles. Keep in mind, he's already at that position, and he's only through nine games. If you adjust that list for through nine games, there's only six dudes since 2000 who have done that. And he he really should is already. That, is that total? 11 sacks that, plus five that's not like fumble. A, and that's like including all teams, not like just case. Today. No, no, no. Well, we that's have. all teams. Yeah, yeah. So okay. there, there's only been six guys to do it in nine games. 11 sacks plus five forced fumbles since 2000. So again, yeah. he is having again a, a historic type season. He should already have his name on the defensive player of the year trophy in the Big 12. He should be like a no doubt all-American. We're talking about whether it's first team or not. But once again, I feel like outside of, you know, the massive game versus TCU, which again, big game. I'm not trying to say it wasn't. He's been that good all season. And again, I I, I feel like the K-State media isn't talking about how he is having a once in a generational type season for the big 12. And I, I, I can see it right now. Fucking Mike Rose or something is just going to get the uh, defensive player of the year in the big 12. And everyone's going to be like, Oh yeah, nothing wrong with that. When Felix is having a historic season and it it should be a no doubter, but I have, I I would, if you put a gun to my head, I would bet that it isn't Felix and he's going to be robbed of that, that honor. And I, I think ultimately it comes back to, okay, there's a nice tweet from K-State, but there isn't anyone who is championing this. And it usually comes from the local media. Again, I'm not trying to throw shade at the local media. That's fine. But in a media market where in Kansas City, things are dominated by the Chiefs. So you're not going to have national guys who come on with Seren Petro and all these folks in the Kansas City sports talk world or the Kansas City star they're not going to write a feature about them because they're all talking about the Chiefs and they're just doing the generic bullshit college football stuff when they have someone in their backyard having a historic season so if it's not seen by the Kansas City media it's not seen by the national media and then once again you're having a full-on you know propaganda wing up in Iowa pumping out Iowa State content pumping up their players to get them on first team all conference list to get them conference awards and here we are, Felix having historic season, and you hardly hear anything outside of fans on Twitter. Yeah, I agree. It's sad. I'm trying to look at uh, sacks per year and the Big 12 as the record. And, I mean, Felix is absolutely on pace there. He's got 11 through nine games. Um, you know, going back to, like, 2009 and Dominic Sue, 12 sacks. Um, 2012, Okafer, 12 and a half. Ogba, 2015, 12 and a half. Uh, James Lynch, 2019, he had 13 and a half. So that's kind of more on the pace where Anadike is at. But yeah, he's absolutely there. He's got three, really four more games to really etch himself in the history books as maybe one of the best of all time. And yeah, and he's only a sophomore. It's crazy. The best part about these guys is they're young. They're so young. And that's what makes it so impressive. But I agree. Maybe it starts with us. We're the big, we're the fucking big guys around. We're the, we're the big man. We are, and I'm I'm gonna step up my propaganda on Twitter. I've had a handful of tweets, you know, and, and they've gotten some traction. So I I tell all the boneheads, you know, tweet hashtag Felix for uh, B one two D P O Y with a crown emoji. 
uh, and then just start just, you know, champion deuce as well. So uh, that's all I have. We're going to get into the press conference. He opened it up saying that they were definitely ready for the game. Pleased that almost everyone who traveled uh, got to play in that game. I want to give Kleiman some credit here because I think leading into the game, the week of the game, all his media availability, he's, he does the whole, oh, just another game type thing. But I think he truly has embraced the rivalry for what it is in the Sunflower State. And you can usually tell that in his press conference the week after. I think he goes about it right. And I think that is why over this 13-year process, you know, we haven't screwed up. You, you, you saw the KU fans on there on Twitter oh. after the game. Oh, imagine getting this hype to beat a one-win one team, all this type of stuff. Here's the difference. K-State is the big brother. They dominate this series, and they still want it more. That's why they're never going to beat us ever again. And I'm glad that Kleiman kind of embraces that, and he does it the right way. He doesn't talk in the media beforehand, but you can tell afterwards, like, he really made sure they are up to win that game. I mean, I saw people beforehand, you know, getting in my Twitter feed and in my timeline about, like, no one cares – no neutrals care about this game. And it's like, how fucking sad could you be if that's how checked out you are, you know, going to that length to, to belittle an in-state rivalry game. A historic You're absolutely one. right. We will never lose this game again. I mean. As long as that is the mindset amongst KU, we might win 100 straight. That would be so cool. What do you think the streak will get to? It's at 13 now. Well, I was on with Andy Mitts, uh, Rock Chalk Podcast, because, uh, you know, our brethren in the, you know, sports drink world ain't no seats. They just take all of football season and the summer off. Yeah, you know, I, I, see their, I, I see they're peeping on the timeline tonight. So, oh, I, yeah, I haven't oh, seen yeah. you tweet in forever. Yeah, so, so, so I had to go to Andy Mitts to get the primer, and I went on his show. I, I said to him, because he, he brought up the all, all-time series, and, and I did a whole – He's like, oh, yeah, and you guys won't catch us. You're even, you, you know, you're 15 behind. And I say, okay, over under four and a half KU wins in the next 20. Because that would be, if they, if they hit the under, we would take the series in the next 20. And he goes, oh, way over, at least seven or eight. So How? He, I, well, how I, do you I get to that? And, and you know what? Shout, shout out to Andy. He's, he's a KU fan. He, he, he's all about it. My brother, who I love who's an awesome KU fan, he probably would say the same thing. I will, I will never say anything bad about my brother on this podcast ever again. He's a great, <laughs> he's a great man. He's a great man. And I love him. He's a, an elite human being, but I, I just don't, I don't see it happening it, in, until like the KU fan base cares about it. And until they get some players that actually care about it outside of Gavin Potter taking cheap shots, they're never going to win. But I, I, I do kind of want to move on pass that after kind of giving climate his prop so it's all west virginia now uh, this was great news he said it's the first time that they've had an entirely healthy uh playable squad on a monday this excludes the season ending injuries that we know about khalid duke etc cetera, etc cetera. and that means julius brintz is good to go on saturday that was my only big worry so it sounds like he was a full go yesterday i'm excited about that uh he he's this has been the refresh this is what he's been talking about since the Iowa State game they've just started stripping things down on defense to allow them to play fast and be the players that they are I think we've seen that I I think that we've truly been able to see them going after it so here's my question to you uh who is it a bigger indictment on the coaching staff for trying to implement a much more complicated version of a defense they're all still learning themselves this is our first year running this defense uh and just sticking with it too long or does it say a little bit something about the players like all right hey you know why can't you guys kind of figure this out why do they have to dumb it down so who do you think that's a bigger indictment on um i mean probably the coaching staff i would say um because first of all if you have players that can't execute your system you need to know that you need they should probably be able to gauge those players um already and they you know shouldn't be throwing things at them that they're not ready for. So I would say definitely on the coaches. Um, I would say our, I like our personnel quite a bit and particularly the secondary. And it was the secondary that struggled so mightily in that three game stretch. Um, a lot of it did have to do with losing Duke and we struggled in that three game stretch, getting to the quarterback. 
And if you can't get to the quarterback, it's hard to win football games, um, especially against guys like Spencer Rattler, Sanders, and fucking Brock Purdy. Those are guys that you need to be able to get pressure on, and we couldn't, and our secondary suffered. So, um, but, you know, to bring it back to your original question, I would probably say the coaching staff. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And here's the other thing with defense. In college football, you don't need a super complicated defense. If, if you can tell them, hey, these are your assignments, go play fast, you need to do that. I, I appreciate them trying to do this, you know, defensive masterclass type stuff. Here's the thing. You don't need to do that in college football. Have a plan, let them execute, let them play fast. Um, yeah. Climbing continues on his campaign against special teams where he talked about it was a big negative in the game where they weren't able to flip the field due to a massive special teams fight or forcing a turnover. I'm right there with him. I wish we would have turned them over. I don't, outside of the strip, I don't really recall too many times where we we're especially close. But again, it's like Kleiman always has to find like one little dig on the special teams every single week. And I almost kind of think it's fun. Well, shit. I wonder how much time they are spending on it. Because he mentioned earlier in the year with how much time we're spending on special teams, we need to see it paying dividends. And we haven't really been able to, but I mean, we have. We've had some special teams, you know, success this year, Malik breaking through, but it, it didn't move the needle for us at all in any of the games. But that's not an that's not special teams' fault. Um, but yeah, it is funny. Yeah, it it is it is, and, and I. Well, I mean, I it's actually, not the special teams' fault when you crib one and it doesn't make. It's not the difference in the no, game. No, I know. I, I I just think I think it's interesting, and he did kind of reverse and say, "Oh, you know, Brooks had you know a couple you know punt returns where he almost broke it." Well, I mean, I don't know. I I just think I just think his war against special teams is just amusing to me every Tuesday you know, 1230. Um, he gave some praise to Will Howard. Says it's important to get him out there and do the quarterback run game and let him get a couple passing plays instead of just handing it off. I agree with him. I don't quite agree with his, uh, you know, take on how good he looked. You know, I still think he looks super nervous anytime he drops back, but I, I think he'll only continue. Uh, climbing kind of stumps for his guys a little bit because he was asked about it. He said he thinks Deuce Vaughn, Skylar Thompson, uh, he also said Deuce Green and, of course, Felix and DK are all playing at an all-conference level. So it's, it's tough in the Big 12 where you have a lot of good running backs and quarterbacks, specifically talking about Skyler and Deuce. You can only control what you can control. Again, I'd still almost like to see him pound his chest a little bit more. But, again, don't worry, Coach. I'll pick up your slack. I'll get the timeline going. I will, I yeah. will champion him for them. Uh, Derek Young actually asked a great question about roster management because of – the whole super senior thing about the extra initial uh, counters for the new NCAA rule of transfers. How do you manage that? Kleiman just straight up said, Hey, you know, we, there isn't a good time to talk about super seniors at, at the end of the year. It makes everything tough, just tougher to manage. Again, he, he isn't going to, you know, give everything away to Derek, like talking about how he manages it. Says the coaches have an idea of who they'd like to come back. Uh, but again, it, it's like, I don't know. I, I almost kind of wish he would have given me a little bit more. I, I'm not saying he doesn't have a plan, but it didn't really seem. I don't know. I, I just came away from that answer being like, okay, like I, I would like to know a little bit more. He just kind of said, oh, it's tough. We kind of talk about it. I, I would, I would like to think that he has like a pretty good plan. I'm sure he does, but I don't know. I, I wish he would have given us a little bit more. How, how in-depth do you think he has, like, you know, roster management finding out with all these new rules? Oh, man. I mean, probably pretty in-depth. I'm sure it's something they talk about at least once a week. Um, my question to you is, who would you want to come back as a super senior? Oh, man. I think maybe we should we should play this game after the season I because I, I don't have it all pulled up. I mean, like, guys I'm who, looking like, through the roster right now, and I'm getting through a bunch of seniors so far, and I'm – not one do I want back yet. <laughs> well, so I'll I, say that there's a I handful mean, though, probably. So, so, like Cade Warner is a guy who originally I, I didn't think I'd want back, but I, I think I do want him back. Um, I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to put uh, no one on the offensive line. I'm ready to move on from the offensive line. Um, someone who you got to worry about because he's an older guy, even though he's technically still a junior. 
I really want Daniel Green to come back. I we, we would be in a lot of trouble if Daniel Green either said, you know, I'm going to take my talents elsewhere, or he's like, all right, I'm going to try to make a roster. Yeah. That would be that would be rough. Um, I don't know. Uh, who are the seniors we can in retouch. the second? We can hit this later. Yeah, we we'll, we'll hit it later. later. That that can be another one. Um, but yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how they do it. Uh, uh, biggest real news: Tate and Winkle actually had an injury. He's retired from the football team. Just didn't want to rehab. Yeah. Didn't want to go through it. Don't blame him at all. Uh, thank you for giving you know the team, the school, you know your body. I mean, it sucks to see, yeah. but you, you can't blame a kid who says, no, I had an injury. I'm not on scholarship. I'm going to hang it up and focus yeah. on academics. I, I, I don't blame him one bit. I wish him all the well, uh, not too worried about it. Uh, Rolling with the freshman from here on out. Yeah. I mean, he needs to we'll be all right. He's he, fine. He, he will be fine, but miss one kick. You're really worried about one. Well, it, no, no. I mean, it was also a chip shot. Again, he will be fine. He he's a freshman. He has a leg. I think we'll be fine. He did talk about how Zentner now is having to practice uh, place kicking because he wasn't he wasn't having to because they want two guys yeah. to be able to do it. So now For he sure. is practicing punting, kickoffs, and place kicking, uh, which you know a Zentner's lot. a G. He can take care of it. Is he a, is yeah. he a senior? I would take him back. Probably. I feel uh, like he is. He said that he talked to the team about, you know, how things might get chippy. Didn't want to, you know, repeat of the Texas Tech situation. There's a late hit on Skyler out of bounds. So he was proud of them for, you know, standing up for Skyler, but not going overboard. Um, he also says it's important for all the seniors to get at that postseason football. But he kept saying there is a chance to have a special season down the stretch. And I agree with him. Hey, you find a way to win out nine and three. That is nothing to turn your nose up at. And then you have a bowl game with a chance at 10. I think we, because of like, we, we like to poke fun at Iowa State for their strive to nine. But I do think there is a big difference. You know, if you get to six wins, six, seven, eight wins, you know, it's, yes, eight is better than six, but it's like, eh, you know, it, it's all like a, a slightly above average season. You get to nine, you're like, all right, you know, we had, it was a good season. It was a good season. You get to nine 10 is definitely wins. a, Nine is definitely a benchmark yeah. of a season that you can feel really positive about. Um, That's still on the table for us. It's on the table, and it's not a crazy – it's not crazy, like, at all. Ten is kind of crazy to think of us winning the next four games. Like, that seems very difficult. But nine, like, you know, going three and one seems absolutely within reach, if you ask me. But here's the thing, and not, not to get ahead of ourselves, because, of course, we always do that, but you yeah. beat West Virginia at home. Baylor, I mean, who knows what Baylor everyone's is going beatable. to be? I mean, everyone's, everyone's beatable. beatable. Texas might have it packed up. How much more hyped would you be, though, if you're nine and three going into bowl game with a chance to, to get a 10-win season? Extreme. I mean, man, yeah, and we would we would have just won six straight games. So, like, we'd be buzzing. Everyone would be super excited. Um, you know, Deuce Vaughn would have, like, 6,000 yards all purpose. It'd be insane. So, definitely got to start with beating West Virginia. Though. Yes, got to beat West Virginia. And his final thing was he gave some credit to the seniors saying that, hey, some folks are starting to write K-State off, off during that tough three-game losing streak. So, it was the senior leaders and team that got them back and ready to reel off three straight wins. So, it was great. Um, let's get into our primers, though. Our primers are sponsored by Spotify Green Room. Get out a pen, get out a pencil, because this is what we're doing for the next two weeks. We will be going live on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. is almost a pregame to basketball to have a kind of shortened version of our football live talk show that will publish on the podcast feed on Friday. We will then go live immediately after the K-State Florida A&M game for a full instant reaction to the first game of the year. That will publish Thursday morning or Wednesday night. Uh, so download Spotify Green Room and Apple iOS in, uh, in the Apple iOS store or the Android app store to join us. It's going to be fun. We're going to go live, you know, basically twice on Wednesday. So it's going to be fun. Join us if you can. If not, make sure to listen download. So no Wildcat uh, roundup this week. We're still waiting on that first game for K-State men's and women's basketball. We've only had exhibitions. Volleyball was off last week. They have that big doubleheader with Iowa State this week. Two massive games 
for Big 12 standings and postseason play. So stay tuned to ESPN+. Plus. They have all sorts of K-State stuff going on this week. The West Virginia primer is Jeremy Phoenix. He's from the Raspy Voice Kids. They are an elite West Virginian pop culture podcast, and they have a great YouTube channel as well. Jeremy and his brother Brandon are literally some of the best in the biz. Make sure you're checking them out. And then for the K-State primer, we have our guy Derek Young, who is over at K-State Online. So we got two good ones for you guys. Uh, And once we come back, we'll talk more about K-State West Virginia. This is Jeremy Phoenix of the Raspy Voice Kids representing West Virginia, the old golden blue. What up, K-State? I'm here to preview or give you a little taste of what's coming up this Saturday. What you're going to see from these Mountaineers, that could go through all kinds of stuff. I could go through the year and how we were feeling and all that other stuff. You don't really care. Real talk. When I listen to to people's previews, I don't care. I just want to know. What can I expect Saturday? The truth is, I don't really know. We played so well against Iowa State, which was two games ago. Our quarterback, Jared Deggie, threw for 370 yards, three touchdowns. We looked good, clicking on all phases. And then last week, we played Oklahoma State, which I understand and you understand is a different monster. Their defense is for real. That defensive line whipped our offensive line. Our receivers really got beat up by their defensive backs. We could do nothing on offense. We had 133 total yards on offense. Now, our defense came to play. Despite the score, our defense came to play. Only gave up 285 yards total. So our defense has been playing well, and I expect them to play well against Kansas State. If you're going to look for players uh, specifically, defensive players specifically, um, look at two players, and I'm going to put them both on the defensive line. Number 55, Dante Stills, and number 90, Akeem Mesidor. These guys are beasts, and they're disruptors, and they're monsters. Um, definitely check them out, but also our secondary is strong. Now, we've lost a couple players. We have some injuries, but the main thing is our, our, our secondary plays pretty strong. We are also uh, a second-half defensive team. We make whatever adjustments need to be made almost every single game. Second half, you better score your points in the first half because the second half, we usually tighten down and play great. Offensively, there's no one real player that I'm saying, hey, you need to watch out for this guy. I mean, we, we have a guy, a running back, Letty Brown. We call him the baddest man in Morgantown. He's a nice running back. We have some nice receivers, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Winston Wright, Sam James. He could take the top off the defense. But the truth is, our games go how our offensive line goes. They've been very hit and miss this year. We have talent, but we're young. But in Neil Brown's 31 games here at West Virginia, remember this, 31 games at West Virginia, every single time that the team has ran for over 100 yards, we've won the game. No exceptions. Every Mm -hmm. single time. So this really just boils down to, can we run for 100 yards on Kansas State? How good is your defense at stopping the run? I don't think your defense is Oklahoma State's defense. I don't think you can just man up, play bump and run coverage, and, you know, send everybody else in. I personally think that we'll get it it corrected. Um, Deggy is a good quarterback, and one thing to look out with him is, I think inside 15 yards... I think he's very precise. I think he's very accurate. I think he makes quick decisions. I like him. The problem is, just like last week, when the pocket breaks down, he has no mobility. He got sacked upwards of five times. He can't get escape the pocket, and that's a big deal, especially if your receivers aren't getting open. We do have an answer for that. His name is Garrett Green. For some reason, why? Neil Brown's gunshot. Now, you'll see him on a few different drives. He's a extremely fast quarterback. When he comes in the game, our backup quarterback, Garrett Green, very rarely does he throw the ball, but he does run an option, and that opens up the running game. But for some reason, we we get, I don't know why Neil Brown's so hesitant to use him, but the more he uses him, the more we score. So that's a big thing. How much is they, are they going to actually mix in Garrett Green, the backup quarterback, 
along with Jared Daigie, because Jared Daigie's a better game manager and better uh, short ball thrower. How do they actually mix that in this week, especially last week when we only had 133 yards of total offense? These are some big things to look at, but the game is going to be won and lost with your defensive line versus our offensive line. If we can run the ball, we're going to win the game. And that's what I'm predicting. I predict WVU comes out with a win 24-17. And before you think I'm a homer, there have been plenty of weeks where I've not picked West Virginia. This one, nah, I just feel good about it. We beat you four straight times. So ain't nobody scared on the Wildcats. With that being said, long live Darren Sproles. Uh, long live, oh man, the defensive back. You know who I'm talking about. That went to Dallas by Newton. Newsom, Newsom. Pretty sure he was a Kansas State boy. But uh, appreciate you having me on. Let's get ready for Saturday. Let's go. You're listening to the Bosco's Boys Primer. I'm Derek Young filling in this week to take this uh, mantle from K-State Online. You can find me at D. Young Rivals. Just looking back a little bit at uh, just how Kansas State got to this point this season because uh, it's been an up-and-down topsy-turvy season just like it has been throughout the career of Chris Kleiman. Not often is he going to win one, lose one, win one, lose one. It's going to come in bunches, the losses and the wins. It surely has this year three wins at the start of the year. That would be against Stanford, Southern Illinois, and Nevada. And then three losses, quite frankly, to some of the better teams in the Big 12. Just, just how the, kind of the schedule fell for them this year, losing to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. But since then, three more wins um, against TCU, who was probably not really tuned into that contest, let's be frank, but Kansas State dominated that football game. Uh, against Texas Tech. Kansas State dominated that game, probably not on the scoreboard as much as they should. Both of those programs fired their coach, fired their coach soon after. Texas Tech's already hired one, and Joey McGuire from Baylor. I'm sure we could touch on that a little bit later as well. And then obviously Kansas State wins the Sunflower Showdown against Kansas in comfortable fashion for their 13th win in a row in that rivalry game. Um, and again, comfortable fashion. Can, besides... Uh, I think it was 2018 for Bills and Bill Snyder's final season. Those games against Kansas just have not been close and have not been competitive. And even in Lance Leopold's first season, this one was not as well. Deuce Vaughn was went crazy, probably the best game of his career, at least statistically speaking. Felix Anidike Yazama, another sack. Um, Scott Wildcat's been beating the drum that those two need to be celebrated more. I would certainly agree. And I really... Folks really need to start pushing Deuce Vaughn. Now, Felix Andy D.K. Izama, to me, yes, Big 12 defensive player of the year, especially since Mike Rose is starting to miss a couple games. I would say Felix Andy D.K. Izama deserves that, but I think he's starting to get the, the pop for that award. On the other side, Deuce Vaughn, he's probably in quite a tussle just to get on the first team. Maybe they give him some kind of all-purpose recognition just to get him in that company. But it's going to be disappointing if they have to leave one of those running backs off, whether it be B. John Robinson, Brees Hall, or Deuce Vaughn. All three certainly deserving. So keep beating that drum for Deuce Vaughn. He's been marvelous this year. He'll have to be marvelous again against West Virginia in order to get to get that win. And Kansas State, I'm going to take this another route too, kind of looking forward. They have a chance to not only maybe hit expectations, which I think they probably already have. I mean, the Vegas over-under was five and a half. Let's be real. They have six wins right now. Very real chance to get at least eight. Nine is on the table, and I've been saying that since the week started, and I still think that. Obviously, West Virginia is a winnable football game, and spoiler alert, I have the Wildcats winning. I think Baylor is now winnable because I think that they're going to be navigating some distractions that they didn't have to endure so far this season. Um, the drumbeats are going to get louder and the rumors are going to get louder about Dave Aranda being connected to LSU the deeper we get into the season. And they're going to have to deal with that distraction and he might be flirting with that job. Um, so is his are his feet and are his brains all in Waco? We're, we're about to find out. And on the Texas side, it's been a pretty dramatic season. They haven't been able to settle on a quarterback. They've lost four in a row. So all of a sudden, it's very clear that the Wildcats 
have a real chance to win the rest of the games on a schedule and finish on a six-game winning streak. Nine and three is on the table. Do I would I predict nine and three? Probably not. I think eight and four is much safer. But nine and three is a heck of a lot more likely now than it, than any of us would have said, whether it be two or three weeks ago at this point. Let's talk this week's game, uh, Kansas State. Let's get the monkey off their back, right? West Virginia, wow. Mountaineers have dominated this series lately. Kansas State has not defeated West Virginia since 2015. That's that's pretty crazy. 2015 is the last time that Kansas State beat West Virginia. Some of the games have not been close. Will Greer gobbled them up pretty well last year. It was a real mess at the end of the year for the Wildcats. Obviously, COVID played a part, but they got smoked again by West Virginia. Those smoking muskets have been getting them, um, especially in Morgantown. A lot of those games have not been close on the road. Thankfully, this one's in Manhattan. Is West Virginia going to be asleep at the wheel? 11 a.m. game across the country. I'd like to go back and look at some of the data that that's, that kind of indicates how they've performed when they have to play on uh, at 11 a.m. kick when they got to make the, the travel that really no, no one else in the league has to do at this point. Uh, that'll change when some of the other teams in the league come in, such as UCF and Cincinnati. But West Virginia, a little bit of a disadvantage there. Can Kansas State play up to that? We'll find out. Um, in terms of just what Kansas State needs to do to kind of get that monkey off their back, finally be West Virginia. I've not covered a Kansas State win over West Virginia. Um, started covering the team in 2017, 0-4. Let's, let's, let's hope it's not 0-5. I think uh, Kansas State has proven that they might be one of the more balanced teams offensively in the Big 12. I think continuing that would be a pretty significant step in getting the win. You got Deuce Vaughn running. You got Joe, Joe Irvin, also underrated. Runs really hard. Really like watching him play, too, in the backfield. Um, they finally were able to run the ball against West or against Kansas last week. They haven't necessarily been able to do that, even against teams that were not good against running or not good at defending the run in TCU in, in Texas Tech. So is that short-lived, or does that is that able to sustain itself? Some of that's also because... You don't have the quarterback run game because Skylar Thompson's not as mobile as he once was. But Skylar Thompson is one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the Big 12. Quite frankly, I think he's up for all-conference, too. We talked about Deuce. We talked about Felix. Why not Skylar Thompson? I mean, there's, I mean, half the teams in the league have, used, have to use multiple quarterbacks this year. If you look at, I mean, obviously Skylar missed a couple himself. But, I mean, Caleb Williams got in there because they had to bench Spencer Rattler, but he's barely played half the season. Um, I know people are going to want to put him in there, and maybe he will, but Skylar Thompson deserves some recognition. He's probably going to fight you know, Brock Purdy, Gary Bohannon, and Caleb Williams, but he is in the conversation for it. He's been so consistently efficient lately, and they've really thrown the ball to win offensively um, this year, at least in, in on the, the winning streak, other than when they were able to run against Kansas. So, you know, they've been more comfortable throwing the ball. I expect more of that uh, this week again. West Virginia only three points last week, but they played one of the best defenses in the league in Oklahoma State. And the, the Cowboys do that to just about everyone. They have probably a top five defense in the country at this point. But with all that being said, I'm going Kansas State um, to win this game. And I think that the passing game continues. I think the defense, you know, just, just does enough to keep West Virginia off the scoreboard just enough. I like the Wildcats two touchdown win, 34 to 20. In Manhattan, moved to seven and three. Big game against Baylor next week, four thirty on FS1. That's your Bosco's Boys Primer. I'm Derek Young from K State Online. Boom, and we are back. Thank you to our friend Derek Young, who had a great K State Primer, and to uh, Jeremy uh, from the Raspy Voice Kids. Like I said, him and his brother do a great podcast. Even if you're not into West Virginia, they do a great pop culture segment to start each of their podcasts. So give them a listen. Check out their YouTube page. They're legitimately some of the best in the biz. So let's get into kind of, you know, the what this game means, just the extra spice to this game. Um, so so something, and it's been pointed out, we've pointed it out, everyone's pointing it out at this point, but Chris Kleiman is like the streakiest coach of all time. All four wins last year came in a row. His first year, he had a two three-game winning streaks and a two-game winning streak. We currently have two three-game winning streaks going this season. So due to all that, the losses also come in streaks. So, 
basically, you know, if you still want one of those like special seasons, if you, if you want to have a fun, you know, record at the end of the year, you kind of have to win this game to keep it going. Um, and again, you know, his, it would be a second four game winning streak of his career. Uh, I, I don't care about him being streaky as long as, you know, those are a lot more win streaks and losing streaks. So it'd be fun to keep it going, but here's, here's what is, you know, a not good streak. You know, if we lose, that will be five straight losing to West Virginia. I'm pretty sure that would be the active longest losing streak that we have going. Or is it five already? Oh, lose. my God, it'd be six. Woof. Yeah, it'd be six if longest. we lose. Um, right? Yeah. Uh, active? Yeah. For sure. For sure. When's the last time we beat Texas? 2016. Yeah. We lost. So- we lost. Well... Yeah, we beat them in 16. We lost to West Virginia. So we, they beat Texas beat us four straight. Yeah, so this is our longest active losing streak. So, I mean, low-key would really like to win this game. Absolutely need to break this pattern. Um, can we? I don't know. Uh, we talked about it before. This team runs on momentum and emotion. Um, I don't know what it is, you know, because there's been times where we've had a nice win streak and you would think our focus and our momentum, our emotions are high and positive, but maybe that, maybe they lose, they lose focus because we've dropped games to teams we should absolutely win that have started another streak of L's. Um, I mean, <laughs> we talked about it earlier. Um, we like to get ahead of ourselves. Natural fan tendency, but boy, does this team torture fans with expectations and getting over your skis with the pendulum of wins and losses. Um, I would love to put an end to that shit on Saturday. I'm really, really, really tired of losing to West Virginia. Yeah, I do not like them at all. Yeah, we're six-and-a-half-point favorites, but obviously, like, as we learned in 2019, Clemens' first year, being a relatively big favorite versus them means absolutely nothing. So you really want to do it. Um, and then another thing is, can the stars stay hot? No, Skylar Thompson is quietly starting to put together a season where I think he should be considered for first team all conference. I had this conversation with Kellis Robinette in the offseason. He's going to end up being the most efficient quarterback in the Big 12. His raw numbers is getting like, you know, up towards the top in raw numbers. So again, I think that should mean he should be a all conference type quarterback. Not everyone agrees with me. I'm sure he won't. He maybe will get an honorable mention which I think is a shame, but, you know, can he stay hot? Can King Felix and Deuce really allow me to have more fun on Twitter, you know, kind of throwing some shade at media folks and then also, you know, getting interactions up? Like, not going to lie, you know. I, 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 I said it last week during the college football playoff rankings. I was like, you know, people are twerking for retweets. I know, I know the formula. I know the formula. Pump up your own players. Take a, you know, a – side swipe at the national media, regional media, that's going to get you a lot of Twitter interactions. I'm not afraid to play the game. So I would love it if they could have a big game and I could, you know, do some numbers on Twitter. They have to, um, you know, Skylar do those guys are the fulcrum of our defense, but our defense offense. really, sorry, offense, our defense really can only operate efficiently in most defenses. Um, if we're able to consistently pressure the quarterback and, you know, Felix can't do it by himself. Some days he can. <laughs> as we but saw even Deuce TV. Green has quite a few tackles for losses. And, you know, Boom and Trussell and Matlack can get back there too. So I think you're correct. He, he doesn't do it all by himself. Yeah. He's, he is the best at it. But we he really has a nice little just, crew rocking yeah. with him. We need to disrupt the line. Um, and it just allows, you know, and this is not unique to Kansas State, but it just allows us – and it allows the supporting cast to, you know, be able to play their game. Um, so that's what I'll be watching um, on Saturdays. How does our defensive line perform starting with Felix? Because if Felix is having a day, then everyone around him is going to have a day. So I agree. Those stars absolutely have to be on. Yeah, definitely. I don't think Neil Brown will be next on kind of like the Grim, Grim Reaper walk for K-State, you know, beating coaches they get fired. I think his win versus Iowa State uh, is going to be enough to kind of keep him okay unless he, like, loses out. So, I don't think he's going to get fired. But, again, it's good to – it would be good to – 
kind of keep them down. They would have to beat Texas and KU to get to a bowl. And I'm a big Neil Brown fan. I think the worst thing West Virginia could do was get a little trigger happy and fire him before he gets them up and running. So I, I mean, I want him to get fired. I like Neil Brown. You know, he tried to walk in on you on, in the bathroom, but I want to keep them at arm's length, kind of get back to reestablishing our spot in the pecking order. Um, and, you know, Clyman still hasn't beat him. So, I mean, maybe Neil Brown really has this game circled because Gene went with climbing over him. But, I mean, this I, I think more than what folks realize, I, I think this is a big one for climbing and for Gene because of that. It's a big one. I have a, an extremely bad feeling about this, and then maybe it's because, yes, we've lost five in a row. It feels like West Virginia is always a bad matchup for us, but – they're just such a weird team. Um, they're four and five, yep. four and five. And, you know, they won in – they didn't win any names. I'm wrong there. They beat Iowa State at home. Um, and then they dropped games that they absolutely shouldn't. Um, they looked completely toothless on Saturday against Oklahoma State, had one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen a Power 5 program have, um, not including Kansas. But it's just – I don't feel good about it. I'm nervous about it. Um, I don't think Neil Brown getting fired is, like, going to happen. I, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. But here's the thing. If he doesn't go to a bowl this year – and, again, props to West Virginia because they, they schedule tough – I think they schedule two non – like, Power 5 uh, Virginia future – they yeah, they, they have. I, I they keep play, they're playing like two. They played two this year, pulling up next year. So next year it is at Pitt and at Virginia Tech. So again, they're setting themselves up for a very real chance that they don't go to a bowl game in three out of the four years of Neil Brown, and the only year they do is because of COVID. I mean, I think he gets fired next year. He won't again, get fired after K-State, but he no, can no, get fired I know, but, but, but I'm saying if he doesn't make a bowl, I just want him gone. Again, I, I think that highly of him. I want him gone before he it becomes West Virginia's Matt Campbell. So I want him gone. Um, and then the final thing I had down is, you know, K-State's bowl eligible now. So now every game kind of matters for bowl, you know, pecking order. You still have that shot at a 9-1 season. Still have, you know, if you win two, two out of three and then the bowl, still have a big time outside shot at, you know, a 10 win season. You have a shot at finishing third in the Big 12 or tied for third in the Big 12. There's still a lot that you can do for this season. So I, I, I think you win this game. It allows you to kind of be like, all right, you know, you know, then you got Baylor at 4 p.m. It'll it'll be a it'll get dark for senior night, you know. That'll be a fun atmosphere. Um, although if they lose to Oklahoma, I don't know if they'll still be ranked. I don't know. Stay tuned. But it, it would make that game feel a lot more fun and kind of give you one last little taste of atmosphere before we go dormant until, you know, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium until next September. Yeah. Although, won't the students be, like, gone? Yeah. For Baylor? That's yeah, the it'll, worst. It'll be the Saturday. Like, well, their, their break won't start until that Monday, so hopefully yeah. they're still around. And students have been all right. And then props to Gene Taylor for moving the band back uh, because, because it truly students does look better. They've well, been out. Let's, let's not give the students too much credit because, again, without the band, I mean, that's taken up. Well, I'm just saying the students, the students that have shown up have been loud and they've been there all, all game, basically. They've been pretty good. Yeah, no. But I, I, I'm glad the band is back. I'll say yes, it, it is. It is a lot better for aesthetics. So that's all we got. Now let's get into the keys to V. Keys to V sponsored by Symbol. We talked about them up top. They are the stock market for sports. It allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There's two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time your team wins, a team that you own wins, you get a cash payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value. Buy low, send them to the moon, and then sell for a profit. Use promo code BOYS to make your first deposit risk-free up to 500 bucks. That means even if you lose money and you decide, no, symbol's not for me, they will give you your deposit back, no questions asked. All right, keys to be Grant, give me your first one. I want to eat the trenches again. Life is it's so much easier when we win the battle in the trenches. If we can run, then we can pass. 
if we can protect the quarterback, it makes life a lot easier on the offense and on the wide receivers. On the other hand, if we can disrupt the line, you know, defensively, um, then it makes life a lot easier for the secondary and everybody thrives. So we need to win the battle in the trenches again. Every time we've done it this year, life has been much easier. We saw just how much better we were than KU when we just completely under the trenches. So we need to do it. And especially it's a fucking another three-man front and it's always given us trouble, especially with West Virginia. We have to win the trenches particularly so we can attack that defense. Definitely. My, my first one is going to be spread the ball around in the passing game. Again, I, I think this is part of why Skylar Thompson is so great. He is finding, you know, 11 guys a game and like, yes, a handful will get two or three, but usually it's like you find, you know, Landry Weber for his one big catch. You're finding Keenan Garber to pick up a first down. You're finding RJ Garcia for a big chunk and just spreading the ball around. That makes it so tough to defend as a defense, knowing that, hey, you have to be locked in on every single guy or Skyler is going to be able to to find them. So that is my key. Continue to spread the ball around in the passing game. What's your second key? I want to be positive in the turnover battle. Um, I think we're on a streak of three games where we have been positive. I could be wrong. With well, Texas it was zero, Tech. zero last week, zero, zero last week. Okay. And I well, think we turned it over more versus tech than they did versus us. That's what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> Stats. Let's see. Fumbles lost two. Interceptions thrown one. You're right. So we had more. Um, but hey, last two weeks we've protected the ball well, and we need to continue to, to do that if we want to keep the streak in the W column. Also, honorable mention, let's keep an eye on the bathroom doors. Uh, Neil is a little bit out of control. He doesn't know how to fucking knock. Um, he walked in on me when I, I had my pants on my ankles and I was doing that peeing in the urinal thing with your pants all the way down. It was embarrassing. I'll be honest. So I want to reverse that. We got to make sure that we, you know, protect our bathroom goers. What's I, your uh, other key to be? Uh, that, that will never not be funny to me. Uh, rain down on West Virginia's quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Diggy's going to start. They have a freshman who like they like to bring in for different packages. They gave up a bunch of sacks last week. Again, I, 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 I wish I had the, like, I don't know if there's like a site that is what's official or not. So ESPN say like eight sacks. I saw somewhere else say six, but regardless there, they can give up sacks. So I want to see, you know, King Felix pad his stats. I want to see Matlock get back there. I want to see some others in the backfield, take down their quarterback. So those are our keys to be. Now let's get into our game predictions sponsored by Spotify Green. And remember we are going live 630. If you guys are listening to this on release day, 630, half hour earlier than usual, going live to talk football. We'll do a, an abbreviated version of our Spotify Green Room live show. Then we'll have our first instant reaction basketball show on Spotify Green Room of the year. That will immediately release. So download Spotify Green Room in your Apple iOS or Android app store and join us. All right, pick them. It was a good week for me. I'm officially back after just my disgusting kind of couple weeks. I went 11-4. and four. The Boneheads had a just barely winning uh week at eight and seven you went nine and six but again i'm now officially back you and i are tied at 84 and 51 and the boneheads are sitting at 80 and 55 definitely within striking distance so let's get to it we got our big 12 games we got college game day and we will wrap up with k-state versus west virginia first one big noon kickoff oklahoma at baylor Boneheads have OU 68%. I'm going with Oklahoma, but I think it is going to be tight. I think they're going to be in their heads. I think we're recording this this before the college football playoff rankings come out. Um, I have a feeling they're not going to like where they're sitting. They're going to press. It's going to be close, but Oklahoma wins by three. What do you have? Oklahoma. All right, Iowa State at Texas Tech. Boneheads have Iowa State 81%. I have Iowa State. I assume you do too. But again, I think this might be another kind of close one. I think there's a lot of energy down in Lubbock, Texas right now. God, I'm picking Iowa State, but holy shit, I would love it if Tech won. Oh, would love it as well. Uh, KU at Texas. Man, I, again, whatever. I, I, I want it. I will be full on cheering for KU in this one. I think the memes would be hilarious. I think that there it would be a chance if Texas lost out, including a loss to KU, 
<laughs> Sark that could get sad. fired after one, and that would be after we beat them on Black Friday. So I'm cheering for KU, but I'm picking Texas. I assume you're picking Texas. Texas. All right. TCU at Oklahoma State. Boneheads, 86%. I have Oklahoma State as well. But, again, I, I feel like I've said this for every single one. Actually, the KU-Texas game won't be close, so I'm just saying I'm cheering for KU. I think another one that is close, energy at TCU. They got that upset last week. I think they'll play them close, but I think it'll be low scoring. Oklahoma State pulls it off. I assume you have Oklahoma State, unless you're going a little wild. Oklahoma State, they got way too much to play for. All right, ESPN College Game Day Game of the Week down at the Grove. Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Boneheads going Ole Miss, 52%. It's close. What do you have? Ole Miss. All right, I'm going with Texas A&M. This might be where I get my lead. Mississippi State at Auburn. It's a ranked matchup. Boneheads going Auburn, 75%. What do you have? Auburn. I also have Auburn. Roll Tigers. Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Ah, War Eagle, roll tide, whatever. Uh, NC State at Wake Forest. Boneheads going Wake Forest, 76%. I'm going NC State. I think Wake Forest is going to collapse down the stretch. What do you have? We got Wake. All right, the battle for Floyd of Rosedale, a trophy that is just a pig. The big In the Big Ten, there's a trophy that is a cow, and then there's one that's a pig. I think K-State needs more trophy games because that's what makes college football awesome. Minnesota at Iowa. Boneheads have Iowa, 77%. I have Iowa. What do you have? I've also got Iowa. All right, here's the game that you were going to try to make a move on. USC at Cal was in the pick'em. It got canceled because the kids at Berkeley didn't get vaccinated. That is wild to me, but everyone is going to get a win for this one. All right, we got Notre Dame at Virginia. Boneheads have Notre Dame 84%. I'm going with UVA. I'm going with Virginia. Wow, really? Yep, I'm going with the Who's. Cavaliers. I guess I don't know anything about Virginia, but I'm taking the Irish. All right, Michigan State at Penn State. Boneheads have Michigan, 64%. What do you have? I have got – I've got Penn State. Uh, this is like a pick but for me. But, uh, man, Harbaugh is terrible against ranked teams, especially on the road. So I don't think Penn State's ranked anymore. They're like 23rd or something. But um, – I'm going. I'm not Penn super State confident too. with Penn State, but I, I'm I'm taking Penn State. I'm going with Penn State. All right, uh, Cal- Colorado battle, Air Force at Colorado State. Boneheads have Air Force 57, trying to bounce back from that loss to Army. What do you have? Got the Rams. I do too. I here I am thinking I was going to get get a few uh, chances to go against you. Uh, Nevada at San Diego State. Boneheads have Nevada 68. percent I have San Diego State. What do you have? I've also got the Aztecs. Aztecs. All right. Uh, I see. I I went underdogs for a few of these because I have UCF going to SMU. I'm going with the Knights. Boneheads I'm, have SMU 64. percent What are you going with? I've got SMU big time. Big, big time. Big, 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 okay, big. I love big, it. I love big, it. Big, big. Mitch Holt is big. All right, we'll see. All right, uh, and then the final one: K State versus West Virginia. Boneheads very confident. 95 percent with the Cats. I'm saying K State. I'm saying we. Do not cover. I'm saying K-State 31. I'm saying West Virginia 27. Skylar Thompson leads a game-winning touchdown drive. He does a quarterback keeper to score with 45 seconds left to win the game. What do you have? I feel terrible about this game. Um, I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be ugly, frustrating. But I've got the Cats by three, 27-24. Freshman kicker. Wins it for us, redeems himself. Oh, I'm going to have PTSD from the Matt McCrane game if we're having to kick a field goal late. We're going to wipe – hey, that's what started the streak. And we're going to reverse oh, it here with God. a freshman kicker. Okay? I had a lot of fun that's on that sound. trip, but that game sucked. So That that's game all... fucking sucked. I mean, we totally blew it. We had a chance I mean, to ice it with a touchdown, and then we miss a game-winning field goal. And that just – well, I mean, we were oh, in the red God. zone a ton. Like, Matt McCrane made some big kicks, so I'm never going to hold that game against him. But, oof. oof. I mean, he's easily, like, head and shoulders our second-best kicker of all time. He's insane. I agree kicker. with you. I agree with you. But uh, that one hurt. But, jeez, oh, I'm more mad at Byron Pringle from that fucking game, to be yeah. completely honest with you. It's all right. It's all right. That game and Oklahoma State 2016, 
I'll never get over those games. They are so, the, one of the most frustrating pair of games ever. But that's it. Cats are going to win this. We had a lot of frustrating week. games towards the end of Bill. Um, yeah, oh, well. All right. Uh, you know, go Cats. Check out Symbol promo code BOYS. We're going live at 6.30 p.m. to talk football on Spotify Green Room. Then an immediate live reaction to the K-State Florida A&M game when it wraps up. We love you guys. Uh, you know, it's the holiday season. Thanksgiving's here. Be nice to your loved ones. Give to your charitable causes. Uh, stay good. Be well. Meet me at the cabinet. Podcast Network.